we're, we're going to go straight into our video. We have a video tonight from a missionary, and uh, make sure you get one of the, the prayer uh, sheets so you can see the, some of the prayer requests there. And uh, tonight, we're going to see a, a video of a missionary we currently support, uh, Nate and Kate Nichols. They're missionaries to Brazil, and uh, he has going to share some things about the ministry and share uh, some things from the Lord. And uh, we're going to go ahead and show that right now. Hello, we are the Nate and Kate Nichols family, missionaries to Brazil. And with this video, we would like to try to give an update of what the Lord has done for us the last four years and how we feel the Lord leading for the next, you know, how many years the Lord has for us. And also to possibly explain to any new people who we are, how we've gotten here, and uh, what our ministry goals are here in Brazil. The Lord allowed us to arrive in Brazil in July of 2018. Now we were a much smaller family back then. Uh, when we arrived, it was only Kate, Gabe, and myself. So only three of us. And since then, the Lord has given us another boy, Andrew, and a little girl, Bella. And so we praise the Lord for them. Hopefully we can send a picture. They're not in the video right now. And I apologize for that. It's kind of hard to get them uh, to be still and to continue the video. But uh, we'll hopefully send a picture, an updated picture of our family as well. Uh, to explain how we got here, what we're doing, I need to back up a little bit in my life. The Lord allowed me to be born into a missionary family. And so my parents came to Brazil as missionaries in 1985. And they're still serving the Lord till today. A little while after being here in Brazil, I was born. And I praise the Lord for that because... Very a lot of different reasons, but one of the, the privileges I have is to be a dual citizen. So I'm a Brazilian citizen, American citizen. I can come in and out a lot easier. And the Lord allowed me, obviously, to learn Portuguese here. The Lord gave me a burden for Brazil. And more specifically, when throughout a lot of my dad's ministry in Brazil, he ministered in the city of Formiga in the state of Minas Gerais. And the Lord kind of gave a burden to me uh, to go to the smaller cities here in Brazil that probably will not be reached. A lot of what happens is that the larger cities will then have a lot of smaller cities around them. And those smaller cities typically never get reached for the gospel by a missionary. And very few of the cities will get reached by any kind of work that are actually in the larger cities. And that's been a burden on my heart. And there was a specific story, a specific time in my life that God just kind of laid that on my heart, which I will, I won't share the story right now, but that's the way God has led us. So we came to Brazil with the plans of working with my brother Charles in the city of Carmo do Rio Claro. It's a smaller city in the state of Minas Gerais as well. It, about 22,000 people. It's located on the body of water called Furnas. It is one of the largest man-made uh, lakes in the world. It's a very beautiful area, a very nice, quaint city. We love, love Carmen do Rio Claro. And again, right around that area, there's a larger city, Passos, and Carmo is about 50, to, 50 minutes to an hour away. And in that whole area, there are a lot of different little cities of 10, 15, 20, 30, 40,000 people in different cities of those, those sizes that don't have any gospel preaching church. And so we came with the intent to work with my brother in Carmen do Rio Claro and kind of get um, acclimated to Brazil again. And then 
see where the Lord would lead us. Possibly one of these cities would be the one that God would lead us to work in and, and establish our first church. So the first year we arrived in Carmel. Uh, God, Carmel is a small city, as I said. It doesn't have a language school, which would have been ideal for Kate. So we looked for tutors, and God gave us a very good tutor. He was a great tutor, and so he started tutoring Kate that first year that we were in Carmel. The first year then, we just worked with my brother. We we did different ministries of the church, and I got opportunities to preach. It was very good. After the first year, my brother then went back on furlough, and he turned the church over to me and to my family while the year that he was on furlough. And that was a, a year of much learning. Um, I've heard other pastors say this, that you think you know a lot while you're in Bible college and you think you're ready for the ministry, but then when you get to the ministry, you learn that you didn't really know much. And uh, that's kind of my experience as well. Uh, I thought I knew a lot of the Bible and I thought I knew what I would do if I was in this situation or that until I was in this situation or that and learned that I didn't know as much as I thought. So it was a very good year. It was a year for me to see not just God work in other people's lives, but God have to work in my life. And, you know, we saw God work in our lives a lot through that first and second year. I had stayed in the States since 2008 is when I went back with my family and then went to Bible college and then met Kate at our home church at Madison, Alabama. And then we got married in 2014. And then we came to Brazil. So I was basically in the States for 10 years without really returning to Brazil much. And I did not expect to have the trouble coming back to Brazil and getting used to Brazil again as, as I did. We arrived here in July, which is kind of uh, the middle of the dry season. And I remember living in the States, we would uh, hear people, I would hear people say, oh, we're having such a drought. We lived in Alabama and people were saying, well, we've had a drought, we need rain. And we've gone without rain for two weeks or three weeks, you know. Here in Brazil, when you have a drought, it hasn't rained in three or four months. And uh, you definitely have a drought. Water holes don't have water anymore. All the grass is completely brown or black because everybody sets fire to their pastures during the dry season. And so it's a very dusty, smoky season and not a good season to visit Brazil. And so I remember just on getting to Carmel, I remember looking out and thinking to myself, what have I done to bring my family to this place? It's, it's dirty, it's ugly, and it's totally different from the United States. And we got here and I had to finish registering Gabriel in, in one of the different registering places in town so that he could finish becoming a Brazilian citizen as well. And I went and I, I gave all the paperwork to the lady behind the desk and she said, I'll have it ready tomorrow. So a day or two is what she told me. And it was two months later when it was finally done. So that gives you an idea of how Brazil works. Uh, it works, but typically very slowly and definitely not on your schedule. Um, and so you have to just be ready for anything like that. And so God really had to work in my life uh, because to be quite honest, I didn't really want to be here. I, I did ministry-wise, but when I, as a dad and as a husband, I this wasn't the best place for my family. So God had to change my heart. And uh, it's funny how a change of perspective. We don't see any of that anymore in Brazil. We love being here. We love the country. We love the people. And I, I say we because Kate has fallen in love with Brazil as well. And I praise the Lord for that. So we took over the church. Uh, Charles and his family went back on furlough. At the end of that, so it would be our second year in Brazil. At the end of that time is when 
the world started changing because of the pandemic and because of COVID. I remember we heard about it and I kind of just thought that uh, it was just far away and things wouldn't change. We just continued to go as things were. And sure enough, it didn't stay far away long. It uh, came to Brazil and the whole world and it changed everything. So when the first cases were registered here in Brazil, our little city of Carmelo Claro, again, 22,000 people, they kind of overreacted and they completely shut down the city. So by shutting down, I mean, they they put blocks on all the, they, they put dirt and they blocked all of the exits of the city. So you couldn't go in and out. There was only one, one in and out of the city. And there they put a checkpoint with either security people and health people or police and health people. And you could not come in or go out, go out without getting your temperature taken to make sure you didn't have a fever and you had to have documents proving that you lived in the town or you couldn't come in. Uh, businesses were closed down, only grocery stores. And even, I believe even then, some of the grocery, there was a couple of days where they even closed grocery stores down. Um, so it was, it was a mess. It completely changed our life because we were free to do whatever. The boys were free to play out in the street and, and we could go on walks. And, and then this happened and uh, we were not allowed to go out of our house anymore. We were not allowed to meet in the church building. Um, so we had to transition to online services, which uh, I know during my life, I have at least to myself complained about having to be at church. You know, you're tired and you think, man, well, I have to go to church tonight. I hope to never, ever again do that because I miss uh, being able to have regular services. And now we can, praise the Lord. But I missed being able to, I missed being able to go to church and meet with God's people and sing with God's people and hear preaching and be able to preach in person. And for a few months, that was not possible in our little city. Um, they, they would send the police by to check and make sure all the churches were closed, businesses that were supposed to be closed were closed. Uh, and there were dire consequences if you were not and fines and different things that could happen. And so it was it was very drastic, the change. And even in that, we were able to see God work. God continued to grow people. Um, the church continued to, to grow, which was a blessing. People, more and more people started watching the service online. And so it was it was exciting to see, even though the world was changing, God hadn't changed. God continued to do his work. And although different than we had experienced it. Uh, my brother ended up coming back. And so in 2020, we had been uh, looking to the Lord to know what was our next step, because um, unfortunately, our tutor that had been tutoring Kate, he was not able to tutor anymore. So he had stopped tutoring. And so now we had nobody to be teaching Kate Portuguese. And so we were trying to find a city that was large enough to have a good language school that we could go maybe transition over there and put Kate in the language school so that she could finish uh, bettering her Portuguese. Well, the problem was that the pandemic closed a lot of things down, and so there weren't a lot of uh, schools that were open for classes. Uh, but we did find a couple of language schools that we could get enrolled into here in the city of Ribeirão Preto, São Paulo. Actually, the city where my dad started his first church here in Brazil and where I was born. And so the Lord kind of led us here. So when my brother Charles came back off of furlough, then we turned the church back over and God led us here. We've been helping a local pastor in a church here. And Kate was able to go to do two different language schools during our time here and finish two different language school courses. Uh, Kate's doing very well in Portuguese. The, the only thing I'd say we need is to be able to use it more because of closed lockdowns and things like that. We haven't been able to, for Kate at least, to be able to use a lot of the Portuguese on a day-to-day -day basis 
it's becoming better now that we can do it more. But when we moved here, they were doing a lot of different lockdowns. And by lockdown, I mean, you could not leave your house um, for, for a week. That was the first lockdown. It was a week lockdown. You couldn't leave your house. You couldn't even go buy groceries. Everything was mandated to be closed. Um, it, it was interesting. It's a larger city, the city that we live in, uh, about 700,000 people. And uh, they were going to close everything down. And the mayor said, don't worry, though, we're going to do groceries by delivery. If you need groceries, just call the grocery stores and they're going to deliver to your home. And it would be great. Nobody would be lacking for food. And so I remember uh, hearing later, reading on the news that within the first half hour of lockdown, uh, some of the large chain grocery stores were already one month backed up on deliveries. They were that far behind because uh, there's no way to deliver to 700,000 people. Uh, so, but praise the Lord, we did not lack for anything. It was again, a, a new learning point for us to just take every day as the Lord sent it, to find things to praise him for and find ways to minister as we're locked down. And, uh, so the Lord, um, continued to grow us during our time here and during our time here as well. Um, we have tried to also see if we could do some traveling, um, try to see if we could find out where the Lord would lead us then after this term is done. Because this term, we've primarily been focused on getting back into Brazil, getting used to Brazil again, uh, getting used to the customs here in Brazil, and Kate learning Portuguese, the boys learning Portuguese, and now Bella as well. Um, and then trying to find out what our next step would be. So last year, uh, we've just seen God work again and again in our lives. We had a difficult pregnancy with Bella. Um, a few months into the pregnancy, we realized that she wasn't growing. She wasn't, um, she just wasn't growing as she should. And long story short, it's amazing to see God's um, power and how God worked. Um, she shouldn't be healthy. She shouldn't be here, but she is. We praise the Lord for her. She's a healthy baby and uh, she's growing great. We praise the Lord. But in that, um, we realized how God had given us two great pregnancies prior and how maybe we weren't grateful for those because we didn't know the other end where you could have a pregnancy that didn't go well. And so that was a growing period for us as well to just trust the Lord. Uh, once all that kind of passed, I was able, uh, things started to open up as well. I was able to start doing more traveling and so, and, and looking at different cities. And so a buddy of mine, also a missionary here in Brazil, Zach Gerwitz and I, um, started traveling in Minas. And so we visited several cities around the area of Carmel de Huclado, where my brother Charles is still pastor. And we were able to, to just see a lot of the cities. One of the cities that possibly stood out more than the others was a city called Guachupé. It maybe has about 55,000 people there. And again, just in need of the gospel, they have several churches. They don't lack for churches. Understand, please. Uh, when I say they need a church, it doesn't mean that they don't have churches. They have a lot of churches. They don't have a church that preaches the gospel. They have new evangelical churches. They have Pentecostal churches. So they have churches that preach the wrong gospel. Unfortunately, they have the Catholic church. Obviously, they have Jehovah's Witness. They have just about any church you can ask for except one that preaches the truth of God's word. And so I went there, spent a lot of time there, talked to different churches, uh, found out that that is basically the agricultural center for that area of the state. The state is an agricultural state. They grow a lot of coffee. It's a mountainous state, so coffee grows very well. 
And the interesting thing about that city and possibly even a ministry opportunity is that every year they do um, kind of like um, a seminar, a fair. They have a meeting every year for the agricultural people. And so every year, everyone around that area comes and they're there in the city for a few days. And so that would be a great opportunity if the Lord does in, indeed show us that's where we're to go to reach other people from the cities around. And But one thing after that, we ended up going to the state of um, Santa Catarina. During the time that we were visiting there in Minas, a pastor from Santa Catarina, which is a state in the southern part of Brazil, called, well, reached out to me, and he asked that we come see the city that he lived in, which was uh, also needing a church. that he, he wasn't ministering there at the time, so they needed a church. And so again, Zach Gerwitz and I decided to go down there and visit that area. It's a beautiful state. Uh, Brazil is very different from state to state many times, and it, it was completely different. It, it's colonized. Uh, that area was colonized by a lot of Germans, so a lot of European influence there. Um, a beautiful state. And again, what we saw was that you go from city to city to city, and there's just nobody there. Nobody uh, preaching the gospel that we could find in a lot of the cities. We might have visited 10 cities while we were there, and... Uh, just nobody there with any gospel preaching church. And so we traveled a lot of that area. You know, some of the cities, when we initially got there, it was quite clear to us that these just were not the cities that God would have us in. And there was two different cities, possibly, that God would kind of stood out from the others, and possibly God would lead us there. We're not sure. But again, it's a city called Blumenau and a city called Pomeroji. And these are two cities. Again, Blumenau is larger. It's probably about 400,000 people, and Pomeroji only has 30 to 40,000 people. But both of these don't have a gospel preaching church, as far as we know. Uh, the people seem to be hungry for the gospel. Uh, a great ministry opportunity. Uh, but it's become so clear to me that everywhere we turn is a field wide open to harvest. And I've just realized I can't start a church everywhere that there's a need. And uh, that's been pretty hard for me to realize and so we really covet your prayers. Uh, we had hoped that God would make it very clear which city it is uh, before we go back on furlough. And Lord willing, we'll be going back on furlough this year and uh, being able to hopefully see everybody in person and to also tell what the Lord has done. But we do covet your prayers that God would just just lay in our heart what city, make it very clear that we would know which city we should go to and that God will allow us to build a church, a strong church, and, and then God will just keep doing that with us. Just take us and help us build a church and then from there move on to another city and do the same thing again and again for however long God allows us to minister here in Brazil. That is that is our our desire, our goal, and our burden for Brazil. And um, it's just it's just hard to go around and see so many people and see that more than likely they won't have the chance that you and I have in the States to be able to find a church that does preach the gospel. They won't have that unless we go. And so we do covet your prayers that we can know what God's will is for us when uh, when we come back from furlough. We're excited. Um, it's actually been a little hard for me to want to go back on furlough because we've reached the point where we could step out and, and start a church if that were God's will for us right now. But we do believe it is God's will that we come back on furlough. We'll try to raise a little bit more support uh, for ministry purposes. 
and <clears throat> then hopefully come back and uh, get get to work on wherever God has led us to. And so we're excited. We're excited about the next step in our life. We're excited to see what God can do. I, I have to say, I love being able to see God save people and change people's lives. It, it never gets old to be able to see somebody get saved from sin and just become a new creature in Christ and see the new habits they create and how God works in their life. And uh, that never gets old, and I pray it never does. Um, but since this is <clears throat> March is the Missions Month, I would like to, to bring a thought um, at the end of this video here real quick. Uh, I was thinking about missions and thinking about how it's impacted my life. And one verse stood out to me while I was thinking about it um, during the last couple of weeks. And it's a verse everybody knows. It's a very common verse in the Bible, and I'd, I'd like to read it real quick. It's John 3.16, one of my favorite verses. And it says, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. What a great verse. Uh, what a verse that speaks so much truth. But really, the beginning of the verse to me always gets me when it says, For God so loved the world. I was thinking about that word love. Uh, you know, w we need that in our lives. When we think about God, how did he send his son to die in our place? Why would he do that? And it's because of his great love for us. And every time I actually I think about that, I think, how could God love us? How could he love me, Nathan Nichols? Because God knows me better than I know myself. But yet he loved me enough to send his son to die in my place. So in thinking about love and thinking how God so loved the whole world that he gave his only begotten son. Uh, I was thinking about that love recently in a conversation with somebody that's real close to me. They were um, kind of in a low point in their life and they were had a lot of questions. And they were saying, how do you read the Old Testament and not just see that God's a mean God and he killed people and and is, is is the Bible real or is it not real? And a lot of questions like that. And I understand those questions, but if you do read the Old Testament and you read the Bible, you cannot help but see God's love throughout the whole book. Throughout the whole Bible, we are again shown God's love over and over and over and over again. And it doesn't make sense to my mind why he would. But it's very clear that he does love us. You can see it in creation that God created everything. And stop to think about this. God created the universe so vast. And it just do a study. When I, I recently have done a study on the universe, and you see how the stars get bigger and bigger and bigger, and it's so vast that we don't know the size truly yet of the universe. And to think that he made a little place called Earth, and on this earth, he created everything for man, and he loves you and me. Uh, you know, little specks of dust on earth. How? How could he? Uh, he created the world. He made Adam and gave him Eve. Throughout the whole Bible, we can see God's love demonstrated. He made them a wonderful garden to live in, even knowing that they were going to disobey. Eventually, he did it anyway because he loved them. He created us in his own image. We were created in God's image. In love, 
God took care of the Israelites, uh, a nation that disobeyed him over and over and over again. And I know we're ready to throw stones at them, but hey, take a look in the mirror. We do the same thing, unfortunately. And yet he loves us. He loved them. So you can look at the Bible and just see God's love, great love for all of us, for the world, for the lost, for sinners, for you and me. And so after looking at just proof after proof after proof after proof of God's love, then I would ask you, I would ask myself, what do we love? Where is our love? What is it set upon? What do we love today? How is our love towards the Lord? What are we loving at this moment? Another good question to ask, thinking on this topic, because we are influenced by this, is what is the definition of love in our society today? Unfortunately, definition of love in our society today is a very warped definition of love. It's a very self-centered definition of love. Uh, I would say society defines love as something that is selfish and satisfies your own desires. You know, um, what, what do we hear so much is that you have to think about yourself. You have to make yourself happy. You know, gone are the days where we helped our neighbor, where we helped other people. You know, now today it's all about me. Uh, you look at any uh, app, any Facebook, Twitter, all of these different apps, uh, all these different platforms. It's all about me. It's all to show the world how good I am, how good looking I am, how great my life is. It's all a very self-centered love. And unfortunately, that is society's idea of love today is that it's uh, it's me. It's about me. But actually, love is not about me. Love is about someone else, about loving someone else uh, and about doing something for someone else. So how much, take a moment and think, how much do you honestly love yourself? A definition of love is an intense feeling of deep affection, a great interest and pleasure in something. So where do our pleasures lie? There's nothing wrong with hobbies and things that you love and like. There's nothing wrong with it. As long as, and this I'm saying to myself as well, as long as God is our one and topmost love of our life, if our love for God is in the right place. Uh, so very quickly, and I'm running out of time, but how much do you love God? That's, that's a question for me because missions is us fulfilling God's mission for us. And if we are going to fulfill that mission, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's our duty. That is our mission that God gave us. That's our privilege to do. But we definitely will not be doing that if we do not love God as we should. If my love and affections are set on other things, then I will not be focused on God's mission for my life. So how do, real quick, how do we show love to God? Well, First of all, we show God our love by time spent with him, by spending time with him. And obviously, these are easy points. Just real quick, some thoughts. Uh, Bible reading. How much do we read our Bible? How much do we know of God's word? You know, uh, the world's changing. How much longer are we going to have God's word? How much Bible memorization do we do? How much Bible meditation do we do? Uh, That's what we should be doing. Amen. We should be spending time in God's word. We should be memorizing God's word. And we should definitely be meditating on God's word every day. Uh, Time spent with somebody is a great way of showing them 
that you love them, spending time with them and spending time with God. The longer, the more time we spend with God, the closer we get to God and in getting closer to God, the more like God we become. And then his desires are our desires and his desire to see the world saved, to hear about his gospel, about his son dying on the cross, that becomes my desire. And it stems from my love for God, to God. Uh, not only time spent with somebody or with God is a way to show my love, but also by obeying him or doing things for God. Amen. Obedience for to God. And so we are told to go and tell every creature. And I understand and missions, missions is, is a beautiful thing. I can't go all the way around the world, but I can be part of somebody else's ministry that, and, and a lot of different people's ministries that are going all around the world. Uh, for right now, I can only be in South America, Brazil. That's all the only place I can be, but I can be part of a missions program that allows me to be part of somebody else's ministry that is in Korea, that is in Japan, South Sudan, all of these different countries at the same time. That's the beautiful thing about missions. And not only that, that I can give, but I can also give in prayer. I can give in time. Not only, obviously, I can't be in those mission fields, but right here where I am at today is my mission field. Unfortunately, I believe that the United States of America, we need to wake up that United States of America is a huge mission field of people that need to get saved. Your neighbors, your friends, your colleagues at work, kids, your your schoolmates, probably a lot of them or most of them need to hear about Jesus Christ and they need to be saved. And that's part of our ministry every day. Our mission here on this earth is to obey God and live for him and witness of him to those around us. So for missions, we can give of our money as the Lord leads. We can give of our time in prayer. We can give of our time in witnessing ourselves. And uh, these are just three areas that we can give to missions, but it all stems for, from our love for God. It all stems from our love for God. So here, here's the bottom line, love. I didn't really understand a lot about love um, until I guess I started understanding a little bit how much I love myself when I got married and I realized how selfish I was. And then that love changed. And uh, so I understood the love for a brother. I love my brothers and sisters. I love my parents. I love my pastor. So different different kinds of love. But one thing I never understood was my love, uh, a love for a child. I'd always heard of a parents uh, saying, Man, I love my children and I'm, I would be willing to die for my children. And I remember as a single person listening to that and thinking, man, your kid, he he's a brat, really. And I wouldn't die for him. I would, you know, me, single guy, not knowing much. Um, and now I'm a dad. I have three kids the Lord has given me. And I understand completely what they meant about the love that you have and the willingness to die for your children. I, I, I completely understand that today. My point is this. That love is a real and true love. But that love cannot be any bigger than my love for God. I need to love God more than I love my wife. I need to love God more than I love my children. The truth is I would do anything for my kids. That is true. Then I need to be able to say that I would do anything for God. During this month, if the Lord leads you 
to take new steps in your life. And giving, maybe financially, maybe that's the big hurdle this time. Just take that step because of your love for God. Maybe God shows you that you need to spend more time with him in prayer for you, your family, your church, your country, for the missionaries. We need prayers. Nothing happens down there without, down here or any country in the world without God doing it. It's not us. It's God. We need prayer. We need prayer power. And uh, so maybe that's the hurdle you need to pass this month. Maybe that's what God's going to challenge you in. Well, based upon your love for God, you can do that. So today, and to, to, to just draw this down, for God so loved the world that he gave. What are we willing to give to God? Where's our love? Is my love focused on myself? Is it focused on different things and not God? If it is, the truth is this. If your love does not come first to God and primarily on God and then everything else fall underneath, then you are actually, uh, it's a detriment to all of your other loves because it takes away, you don't have the correct love. If God's not in the correct spot, if God's not first, then my love for my wife and for my kids, it's less than it should be because I am created to love God and to please God and to serve God. And so just the thought, thinking about missions, I love missions. I am a product of missions. I truly believe that. And the Lord has called me into missions. I love missions. But I won't do my best if I don't love God with my whole heart. That is the truth. So love, where's your love? What is it placed on? How do you love God? Do you love God fully? Are you spending time with God? Are you willing to do, because of love, whatever God asks you to do? And that's for myself as well. But at the end, at closing, I would love to just say thank you so much for all that y'all do for us, uh, for the time spent thinking about us, time spent in prayer, financially for what y'all do for us, the letters we receive, it's always a blessing. Uh, y'all have a special part in our ministry, a special place in our hearts. And we are very grateful to God for you. And we're excited to see what God's going to do this year and in your life, in our lives, and looking forward to possibly seeing everybody in person in the upcoming year. But Lord bless and thank you very much. 